fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another Fireside episode with Fantasy and Some Flights. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And tonight we're just chilling. We're just chatting. We're Fireside chatting. Fireside chatting. Anyways. Fireside chatting. Yeah. Fireside. <laughs> it sounds like a new song. It's the new hit. Fireside new- chat. <laughs> Fireside chatting. <laughs> anyway. I can't wait. It's going to, yeah, it's going to top the billboards. So like already we're just going to divert because that's what these episodes are all about and yeah. we've been talking for an hour and i'm about to drink and a half in already so here we go anyways <laughs> so <laughs> on, on this discord that we're on with living card games we're running like monthly challenges and i've started writing like riddles slash poems for the upcoming monthly challenge hmm. and i've been having so much fun with them i don't <laughs> know like i've just never written like poetry or I, I don't even know if what i do is called poetry but like i've never like <laughs> done that before okay and, like i'm having a blast with it i'm like okay i need to get like the the uh syllables the same in each line and have mm-hmm. it rhyme and just like okay how can i cleverly put this so that the flow is right yeah. because it, it's just been hilarious and i was inspired because on my arkham plays for the living card gamer someone on the discord writes a poem summary of each session and so very cool i like i, I like i don't know okay we've diverted enough but like the, you know, just talking about the rhymes all, all of a sudden reminded me of that. I was like, that was fun. That's yeah. fun. Like, yeah, that's a neat. It's, it's it reminds a me different of, um, part of my brain. It makes me think of like the uh, episode of Avatar, The Last Airbender, where Sokka like falls into like a poetry house or whatever. It has to like speak in haikus, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so clever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about random stuff tonight, I guess. Um, yeah. Basically, kind of what we've been reading, what we've been playing, what we're drinking. So let's start out with what we're drinking. Dalton, what's on your flight tonight? Um, so tonight I have a, I have a cider. Uh, we haven't had very many ciders. Interesting. On, okay. On the podcast, beer, board games, books, and cider. Right. <laughs> it starts with a C <laughs> instead of a B, so we've like elevated one letter. <laughs> but it's got a backwards B in the middle of it, so it's that's true. Counts. That's true. That's how I learned. <laughs> Did you learn like the bed thing when you were a kid? No. So like, if you like. If you if you make thumbs up with both hands and smash your knuckles together, it looks like a bed, kind of like when you're four okay. or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. And it spells the word bed, and your left hand is making a B, and your right hand is making a D, and like that's how I was taught to remember which shape was B and which shape was D. Well, there you go. Okay, you, <laughs> you learned it here first. Well, or second, if you were from right <laughs> two decades ago, you learned it here two first. Decades. <laughs> um, deck anyway we're gonna skip past that um, so this is, <laughs> don't like that don't like that um this is wild cider um, rocky mountain cider company this is their semi-sweet agave peach interesting okay right so it's yeah. very i don't know like what agave tastes like to be honest i know that it's like used in making tequila and hand oh, lotion wait, uh, <laughs> wait no that's a different plant yeah what's that <laughs> I said aloe vera. Wait, no, that's a different plant. Right, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was saying, though. Um, but you're totally right. But, like, I I don't know. It tastes like cactus. I don't, I don't <laughs> know if agave is a cactus. Good. I, I, I don't know. Is yeah. that good? The peach is good. Okay, yeah. The peach part and you say semi-sweet. Good. So is it, like, a, is it a little bitter? Um, I think in a cider it would be, like, versus sour. Um, oh, I, I okay. It could okay, be got bitter. It, got it, got it. Slightly. But, like, in a cider it's always going to have that sour tangy of yeah, like apple yeah. juice, right? So. 
that's still like dominant, but I think it says that just to let you know that it's not like peach juice. Like if you imagine <laughs> drinking like a peach juice Simply cocktail, peach. Yeah. right, then it would be like sickly and it's it's not sickly. Um, I think it's actually a very nice balance um, because I I don't like like straight apple ciders. Okay. Yeah. I don't not like them, I guess, but they're like fine. They're just like, I, I, I'm just like, I just, this is not my favorite. Like I would list it below wine. I would list it below beer, whiskey, you know, it's just kind of way down there. Um, it's above like champagne. The hangovers maybe. are in crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the sugar. Oh yeah. Yeah. Back when Anyways. we were young and, um, very intelligent, um, we, <laughs> we drank a lot of like, uh, like angry orchard with like fireball. The craft. Right. The craft. Yeah. It was all about. Oh yeah. Yeah. We mixed them. That we was, mixed them. We were not smart people. Both of those we? things individually will give you some of the worst hangovers. Yeah. And I think if I mixed that and drank that today, I would not wake up. Like, no, I think it I would, would be actually awful. just die. I would just like, I would sleep through the next day. <laughs> it would be terrible. We just did it all the time. I would lose my job because I wouldn't wake up until Wednesday. Uh, yeah. I will admit that like a single taste of it was tasty because like the cinnamon spice and the apple. Like, yeah. Yeah. The taste yeah. of it was nice, but just like in. You did not play that game to last. You know, that was a losing yeah. strategy from the start. Oh my goodness! But this is a lot better than that. <laughs> so this is, it's five point seven percent. Like I said, it has that semi-sweet. Um, so I think it's a really nice balance. I was saying I don't like apple ciders um, for that really sour taste, um, and just like a strong apple. I don't like apple juice, so that just that strong apple taste can be a little offsetting. Um, I actually got this out of a mix pack. Um, I picked this one as my favorite of the three. The other ones were like a drier one and then one that was basically just like a straight apple cider. Okay. Um, which is probably like my least favorite of the bunch. But this has been a good project beer. I've been work I was telling Nelson I've been working <laughs> on um, redoing a bathroom. And so I try to, I said project beer, obviously it's a cider, but a, a project drink. Um, <laughs> yeah. Something that's just like light and approachable and tastes good and doesn't like drain my mouth of all moisture. <laughs> yep. All, just gives yep. a little bit of calories and all that. So, but nice. yeah, I'm enjoying it. Wild cider, agave peach. Two cheers, three cheers, three cheers, three cheers. Ooh, actually, because it was a fireside, I didn't even think about the cheers to be honest. <laughs> um, I think eh, probably two, and and that's mostly two. just because it's the cider, and ciders aren't my yeah. thing typically. Um, I do, yeah. I was, I had a friend coming over who really liked cider and who um can't drink beer for other for dietary reasons, and so yeah, um, and so I had picked up, but he can drink cider, and so I had picked up a, a batch of ciders, and now I'm trying to get rid of them. So that was the other reason <laughs> I have this. <laughs> So Fireside is a good excuse for that. So uh-huh. I like it. Nice. Exactly. Exactly. What about Excellent. you? What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a straight rye whiskey. Imagine that. Imagine the, that. <laughs> I, I I need to... Okay, so backing up a little bit. Like, I would try and vary. I don't think I did a good job in varying my beer tastings mm-hmm. when, you know, I was, I was doing carbs and everything. Yeah. I'm on and off of here, there. But I do less variety with whiskeys i'm typically you know leaning towards that rye side Mm -hmm. and that's just because it's a lot harder to buy multiple whiskeys Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i I need i need to branch out a little bit but anyways this is rossville union have you had this no i think this is i think this is a new one this is one that was right there in that like 30 to 40 dollar price range and so it was straight rye whiskey that i hadn't had that i saw it at the store and i was like okay you know what I'll, i'll try this and it's bottled in bond and mm-hmm. if uh, if maybe our listeners don't quite remember what that was, do you want to explain that to them? Like, sure. It's maybe a, the listeners don't remember. If if, not, if not the listeners me. don't, you know. If the listeners don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the very official podcaster. He obviously knows what it means. Oh, yeah. No, I, I do. I just, you know, I've been talking for a while. 
Yeah, yeah, you want to give me a turn? I appreciate that, buddy. You're very considerate, co-host. <laughs> um, <laughs> so bottled in bond is a um, it's a term that was put out by like the FDA to to regulate uh, just to give like a term another like kind of marketing term to whiskeys. Um, so it has some special requirements on it. Um, when it came out, it was supposed to be like straight, like what has kind of become straight. We, we associate the word straight with like a nice whiskey and bottled and bond was kind of supposed to be that originally. Gotcha. Um, the okay. requirements that they put on it didn't actually end up really being all that, but it has like some requirements in it. It has to, the main one that most people know is it has to be bottled at a hundred proof. So if you ever see bottled and bond, it is 100 proof. That's like a requirement to put on the bottle. Yeah. So. Speaking of, this is a hundred proof whiskey. Hey, look, uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> he called that one. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's okay. I mean, like it, it doesn't stand out to me as a rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I took a sip of it right before we started chatting, you know, an hour and a half ago. And I was like, that doesn't, that's, that's worse than I remember. And then I realized that I put a splash of water in it. And so once once you water it back, I mean, it's okay, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah. it's not something that I'm going to pick up again. It's going to chew two cheers for me. It's okay. I'm glad I tried it, but there there's a lot of varieties out there, and this is not one that stands apart from the crowd for me. So, yeah, just kind of, it is what it is. Once it's empty, it's going to go in the recycling, and probably never see the cabinet again. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's. I wish I wish that bottled and bond was more successful. Like there are whiskeys that are bottled and bond that are good, but like saying that one is bottled and bond does not make it good. Um, yeah, square rectangle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and in fact, that like hundred proof for me. That hundred proof is like a weird. I don't know why. It's just like a weird number. Like I think I like ones that are less than ones that are more. But like, oh you, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like I like the ones that are like barrel proof that are like are strong. Like this is what it's going to be. It's going to be barrel proof. It's going to be powerful and charismatic. And like you come to it knowing what you're going to get. Um, right. And you're like, okay, okay, I can do that. Um, yeah. And for whatever reason, for for me, it feels like when people like make a bottled and bond that it it feels either like a watered down barrel proof or it feels like a like regular you know 40 to 45 mm-hmm. percent yeah. or you know 80 to 90 proof um that has an alcohol burn you know or something yeah. like that like it it just falls it's like i'm with you I, w- I will typically water back a bottled in bond and try and bring it down to the just to get the burn to go away a little bit because it can yep. be a little aggressive yeah and that that's exactly what this was is yep. this was the they added the burn to get it up to 100 mm-hmm. so i fixed yeah. it <laughs> Well, hey, maybe you could um, add it to some Angry Orchard. Oh, know, yeah, there we go. Add it to some apple cider. I, I, I have bought that in the last 10 years. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it did drop off in like my drinking experience like out of college. It's like I just never bought Angry Orchard again. I used to buy it like all the time in college. And maybe that's why yeah. I don't like ciders. Like not to the point where like it's you and tequila where it's like I cannot drink this. Like it's not at that point. But it, I think it, it's just like at a point where it's like, I just don't enjoy this anymore. <laughs> it's <just laughs> a bad memories. It's like Subway. Yeah, the, exactly. The, <laughs> the only restaurant on our college campus outside of like the cafeteria was a Subway. Yeah. So we had more Subway in four years than I think any human should reasonably responsibly consume yeah. in a lifetime. So yeah. Have you seen I, that like I'm their a... bread in some countries qualifies as cake? Like it's not, <laughs> it's not bread. <laughs> well, that makes me happy. That's why it tasted so good. I know. When the dude oh, knows man. your order at Subway, like you fucked up. Yeah. Like somewhere yeah. along the line, <laughs> something went yep. very wrong. Or you could go there and buy like the bag of frozen cookies. Oh, yeah. You could do that. You, or they would just sell us cookie dough. That was crazy. Man, if someone listens to this podcast, 
someone high up. I'm sure someone's going to get in trouble because I don't yeah. think they're supposed to do that. But that's fine. Whatever. They don't know where we went to school. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But anyways. <laughs> and then we also but, had a Noble Romans, which is like gas station pizza. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's fair. I, yep, you're right. That existed. It, it's it's attached to the Chevy station as well as our student union. That's so, right. <laughs> take that. Take that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so because this is not a fast food res- uh, restaurant podcast, let's uh, mm. let's talk about board games and books. What, uh, where, where are we starting tonight? I'll let you choose. Um, let's start board games tonight. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, Through the Ages. Um, okay, yeah. And I wanted to bring it up because I realized... So first of all, we've been playing a lot of Through the Ages, um, organizing, the, we have a kind of a group organized um, through the Discord that just has a, con- basically just has a constant game going. I think we're on like our fourth or fifth game now. Um, nice. And we've been having as a, as a group a lot of fun and um, a lot of open conversation about like, you know, the game and strategy and stuff. And so that's been, all that's been really great. And I realized like we redid our like top five board games. And I think I really yeah. should have included through the ages. Like, Oh, no kidding. Okay. I, I, and I don't know, that like could. I haven't like put enough thought into it to be like, what should have been bumped out and what, you know, what should have been included or whatever. Like I, I didn't quite get that far in, in thinking about it, but I was like, you know, I play a lot of this game. Like, and all again, only on the app, like Nelson and I, like we only ever play on the, I still own the game. Unlike you, but I, I have the game. Oh, do you? I, th- I assumed you had gotten rid of it at some no. point. No, like, <laughs> I probably it away. should. It should go on the trade list. It's never yeah. going to go onto the table. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, my wife and I, when we play through the ages, we sit at the table with our iPads. Right. And like, we we're not going to pull that out. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's too much counting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a great game. And I, I, I've i played a lot of the challenge. I recently beat the challenge. In our Through the Ages game, I talked about the challenge where it's like three hard AI First of all, the AI in this app are really, really good, really well designed. Um, and so they're actually very difficult. Um, yes. Yeah. Three, and they start them at like 180 culture. Um, which oh, if you hit like That's how much I score. I know, right? If you hit like 300, <laughs> you did like really well, I think, in most right. games. Um, yeah. So it starts at 180, and then it makes the game longer. So it like adds like every yellow card, which is like an action card of the game. It adds like four copies of every one um, just to make the game longer for you. Because um, the game length is based on like kind of a deck of cards and how quickly you can get through them. Cool. Um, so I recently beat that challenge, which was a really, a really big accomplishment. Nice. Um, it's really hard, and a lot of it's luck. Like you do it so many times, eventually you're going to beat it. But, but we had like a discussion in in the group of like, hey, like how do you beat this? Like what's you know what's the strategy here? Um, and someone yeah. suggested just like, a John who we've talked a little bit about before, like suggested like just an obnoxious amount of like science just like an an absurd (laughs) abundance of science you know and it's like yep that worked i think i had like 24 a turn or something coming in (laughs) just an absurd amount of science Um, and then like so you're you're far more advanced in the game than i am but how how would you convert science into winning that game talk to me about that a little bit yeah yeah yeah. so the main thing when you think about the game getting longer it's like well what actually limits you and the main thing that we were finding was limiting is actually like well, first of all, just actions. Like um, in the yeah. game, you have to basically invest science into your actions um, by like investing in governments and stuff that gives you more actions. And if you have more turns and that has a higher return over the course of the game, right? Okay, um, yeah. And so like that was really helpful. Um, also, the in the game, you have like little workers um, and that's a limited pool. Like your little yellow tokens is like a limited pool and there's very few ways to get more of them. 
And so each worker can be designated to a job, like it can make resources or it can make food or it can make culture or it can be a soldier or whatever. Um, but in order for them to be better at their job, you have to advance in technology. You have to buy technology with science um, so that your like spearman becomes like a modern infantry guy. Right? Okay. And so then yeah. like that guy is more powerful. And at the end of the game, because the game is so long, like you were running out of that bank of workers. So you had everybody assigned and you had money and everything, but there was like no way to make them better unless you had just like a ton of science. Um, okay. Yeah. And then the last thing, um, and this is again, something that John had kind of pointed out is he was like, typically science is like a, like a, like a long-term strategy. Like it, it needs time to pay off because you're kind of like investing in science and then you invest science in something else. And then you have to invest in that thing that you invested in. And then that gives you points, you know? Um, so <laughs> right, it just kind okay, of has this yeah. like lengthy return on investment. Um, yeah. But because the game's longer, like it it returns more, and so that equation become starts to make a lot of sense. Okay, so what is different about this challenge, or is there something different about this challenge that makes it so that the science is not a just really strong strategy in normal play? Science is a strong strategy in normal play. Um, okay. I think it is difficult to win the game if you have just ignored it, right? If you like are in the the end game and you only have like two an income of like two science. That's a very difficult position to win from. Okay. Um, yeah. But there's also kind of a curve where you get diminishing returns. And so like, if you get past, I don't know, something like eight, 10 or 12 income per turn, um, it's hard at the end of the game because you have, you only have like four, three or four turns left. It's like, can I really invest in this, like pay for this technology and then pay to upgrade it? Like my units into that technology. Like, is that actually going to get me victory points now? I'm just trying to convert gotcha. everything into victory points. Um, okay. And so yeah. there, and when you get into that like 20 or 25 income range, you can start to get some diminishing returns. And it's really hard to convert that directly into victory points. And so again, because the game is longer, you can, it sort of just pushes out that threshold of like where that curve is and where it starts to drop off. So, but it gotcha. was just like okay. figuring that out that like that was what, and this is what's fun about the challenges in like the app, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. What, what about this change impacts how I'm actually going to play okay you know, like, and I, I think i missed the change so you said it's longer the game is longer yeah okay yeah, so they did by that adding by adding more cards or yeah by adding more cards exactly okay okay i i just missed that part okay yeah. i'm on the same page as you now and it's okay. substantial because i think i don't know I, I didn't actually count turns or something but i, I would say it's probably more than 50 percent i don't oh, think it's wow. quite okay. double but i think it's probably in between 50 wow. like percent yeah. longer to like twice as long cool. somewhere, somewhere okay between those. yeah that's really fun yeah it's yeah. kind of I, I like those types of mods that make you think about it differently, but mm -hmm. also kind to kind of point to how you could be a better player in the normal game. Yeah. Right. Like it, it exploits an aspect of the game that helps you get a better understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Really, exactly. really cool. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah so you, yeah. you beat it. I beat it. I have, Congratulations. Like, there's like five, thank you. There's like five levels of challenge from like easy to like nightmare or something. Um, <laughs> okay. And so this was, I think I have one more in like the level four and then there's like only two or maybe three level fives and I haven't tried any of those. Shoot. Yet. Do you know what they are? Um, yeah, I can look. Okay. Yeah. That's insane that there's things harder than that. Yeah. And they are, they're kind of like themed, right? So like this was like the fourth iteration of like this style of challenge. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a grid type thing. Exactly, yeah, yeah, it's like a yeah. grid. Oh wait, I lied. There are two more that I have in this tier. Um, okay. And they are both gating like the two that are like the level, the level five nightmare level Jeez. of difficulty. 
Um, oh, man. And so I don't know what they do yet because they're like locked. I can't see them. Um, but I can see what the ones before it does. The first is that basically your your opponents, there's like two comms. They never take a wonder. Um, and a wonder in the game is just like a type of thing that you can build. And so it's like the Colossus or like just think like seven wonders, although they aren't the, like the seven great wonders of the world. But they're like that, right? It's like the Great Wall of China and stuff like that. And you like invest actions and resources into building them. And then they give you like some benefit over the course of the game. But there's like a bunch of them. There's like, I don't know, four to six per age or something like that. Um, yeah. And so it's like your opponents never take them whenever one of them is like discarded from the card row. So in this game, there's like a, a river of cards. And as they've been in there longer, they are cheaper in actions to take from the river. And once they get to the end, they just kind of get discarded and more get backfilled into the into the back. And so it's saying the computers will never take it um, whenever like a wonder is discarded, then the computer gets a bonus so one of the computers gets plus two strength permanently and one of them gets two science actually steals two science and three culture from you oh dang Um, okay and i think like the most wonders i've ever built in a game is like six or something like that you know like it is and you can only take one at a time you have to complete a wonder before you take a sec oh geez yeah you have to that's a good point oh man wonder before you take a second (laughs) one and then as you take a wonder they get more expensive to take the next one so there's oh yeah yeah Um, it's an action tax yeah, it's an action tax. Oh, good gosh. To take more of them. Um, that hurts my brain thinking about it. I know. So you got to think something like, I don't know, five to five or eight at, at best will go through anyway, you know, and your whole engine is going to be built <laughs> around like, and you have to also, by the way, win the game. <laughs> like you have to, oh, yeah, at some course. point, like you can't just survive it, right? You have to like make culture and, you know, like play the game um alongside these huge like action t- and wonders give you benefits it's not like you're doing this and just getting nothing out of it right um, but i really struggle in that challenge i'm like i don't know how to do this because <laughs> i also don't uh, in the game typically i don't build a lot of wonders i don't really gotcha. i don't like yeah. the action and resource tax i like to use them for other things um, yeah which i probably should i think it's a, fa- a strategy failing of mine i think i need to loosen up on that and like build more wonders but i don't know man but that then you're tough. just neglecting another part of the game exactly right? through the yeah. ages is a game of scarcity of resources yes. or of actions, right? So if you're building your wonders, you're not doing something else. And so finding that balance is tough, but it's kind of it's like, and that's what I like, right? They're exploiting the wonders in this challenge. And so if you, once you are able to beat it, then maybe you'll have a greater understanding and a better like yeah. feel for when to build the wonders and what benefits those can bring. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm a huge fan of those challenges. Yeah, they're really fun. I've never played them, but... Like <laughs> you like the concept of them? <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of them. Yeah, I like the idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the other one That's is... Cool. Um, th- there's two comms, and one gets plus one strength for each military unit. One gets plus one strength for each urban building. And Ooh. the urban building one is the one that's specifically hard because urban buildings yeah. are kind of like your engine. And so they ramp real quick. They ramp real quick. They're giving you science. They're giving you culture. They're giving you happy faces. Just another mechanic in the game. And so I'm sure there's a real word for that. We just call them a happy faces. No, in the rule book, they are happy faces. Like that that's is the hilarious. correct term. <laughs> that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> Go Vlada. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what happy faces do? They give you happiness. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah see um, it's a stri- it's a simple game it's a simple game easy peasy but anyways and so that one's really tough because the the computer kind of gets to just engine build and along the way oh by the <laughs> way they're like naturally building strength um, yeah and that's really annoying because you have to like kind of divert resources from engine building into building military strength or else your opponents will start playing aggressions on you they'll declare wars on you like bad things will happen um you can try to just ignore military but it 
it, it generally doesn't work out if somebody's like building up and one right, of the computers yeah. at least is building up just by playing the game right um, yeah and so that one that one's like it's it's tough too so i don't know what either of the like more even more nightmarish <laughs> difficulty level of these look like but i think if i can beat those two um i'll probably invest in the expansion there's like a five dollar expansion um, oh yeah gives more challenges yeah. gives more cards leaders you new know. cards yeah uh leaders and something mm-hmm. yeah it, it's a new expansion i think it came out in like 2020 like okay. it's, it's fairly recent yeah. um but i i've heard that that in competitive play really helps a mm. little bit because it, it makes the game a little bit more tactical because the way that it's played is i think and I could be completely wrong on this, uh-huh. um, but we're not known for our factual basis. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a random assortment of the cards that get shuffled in from that expansion into the core set. And so okay. you don't necessarily know what cards are in and what cards aren't. Okay. And so it, it could, it, it's kind of like the level three cards that give you a bunch of points, right? Some of them could yeah. be ink, some of them could be not. And that is just kind of gets amplified across the leaders and everything. So yeah. it, it okay. makes it a more tactical game. And I think it kind of rewards, or it doesn't necessarily reward players who have played it way more as much okay. if you play that variant. And I think yeah. that's a variant. Like I, I, like there's, you can play with the expansion or you can play with the variant where you shuffle in a mm-hmm. random assortment of the cards. So yeah. I, I've heard really good things about the expansion. So yeah, yeah I'm excited to you'll, pick it up. You'll I have just... to report back. I will, yeah. I just have to beat these two challenges first. That's like my yep. rule to yeah. myself, you know. <laughs> I can let myself spend right. five whole dollars. That's like, five dollars. You've played the app for two hundred and thirteen hours, but ugh, you haven't gotten. You haven't that's gotten a those hey, That's a gallon of gas, man, or a box of tacos, <laughs> oh, geez, or a yeah. foot long from Subway ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Is that no longer a thing? That's, that's definitely not a thing. Yeah, yeah. by a foot long. That's sad. <laughs> right. Anyways, we've gone on and on about eight, through the ages. I, I, I wanted to bring it up for one again to invite people to join us if you would like to um, reach out on on Discord. That's where we're kind of organizing and um, and having a lot of fun doing it. And then two, just to shout it out and say I probably should have included it in my top five, but because I don't play the physical board game all that much, I didn't. I think I didn't think of it at the time. But yeah, I do love yeah, this yeah. game. It's it's a ton of fun. Yeah, awesome, nice. What about you? What have you been playing? I'm gonna spin your question. Anyways, so. <laughs> What's on my table? Uh-huh. Uh, basically, so I, I'm I'm flying out to Reno, Nevada here in three days. Mm-hmm. By the time you hear this, I will have been back, and Gamo is awesome. Highly recommend you go. But anyways, um, but yeah. So by the at the time of the recording, I'm I'm flying out to Reno for the Gamma. So it's the Game Manufacturing Association's convention in Reno, Nevada, and I'm really excited for it. So it's a little bit more of a professional type convention Mm -hmm. so there are game nights there are everything but it's kind of more geared towards the profession rather than a consumer-based convention and like so i it's a it's kind of a new experience for me it's a little bit different than kind of the packs unplugged and the gin cons that i've been to before Mm -hmm. but the it's going to be fun like there there are there are a couple of other uh media people that are going to be there and so we're going to meet up but got a couple of interviews and um, meeting scheduled with different companies. We're going to be talking with uh, Paverson, the people who did Distilled, and so mm-hmm. we did a review of Distilled. Oh gosh, probably. Oh my God, that was in the pandemic, wasn't it? Distilled. That, that yeah, I think it was like in the pandemic's over. Year. I mean, like, but it was in a wave or something. It was in like yeah. <laughs> I feel like August or September of this last year. 
Okay, and just so so everyone knows that was sarcasm. That yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So we we did distilled. So there there are a couple other publishers that we're going to be meeting with. I I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Also, I've like never been to Reno, and I've heard that it's kind of like a smaller Vegas. And oh, cool. Like Vegas is Vegas, right? You, I've seen it. Uh-huh. I don't necessarily know if I want to go back. I mean, I have family there now, so maybe I do, but like. I don't know if I would choose to travel to Vegas. It's just not my sure. scene. Sure. But I've heard, I, I feel like Reno is a little bit more of that, that smaller vibe type thing. And so cool. I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I'm, there are new games, new people, new connections. And so mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. So I'll, I'll report back. We'll see, we'll see where it goes. But yeah. Yeah, I'm excited so for that, you. That, I mean, this is a this is a step outside of like gaming as a hobby, and you know, more more is like gaming as a professional. Right? Like, we don't think of ourselves currently as professional podcast. We don't make money doing this. We don't have advertisements, um, right? Except for on April I, Fools of last year. <laughs> <laughs> I did run the numbers. If we did monetize this podcast, we can make like twelve cents a year. Oh, so I'm just saying that's not like, bad. We'll we'll more than I thought. We'll stay true. We won't. We won't let the money affect us. Yeah, yeah. So. We're not going to sell out. We do this for you. We won't sell out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> because you are worth it for that amount. Of money. <laughs> a couple years from now, if we're talking twenty-five cents, you know, we'll have to. We'll have I mean, to that's a gumball. That's a gumball. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's a gumball. <laughs> okay. oh, man. or like those little balls that have like a promo in them right we love promos oh my gosh yeah, i love promos so much and stuff. Dude, Holy cow. I, yeah that'd be great but yeah so so gamma is coming up i i'm i'm really excited for that that's yeah I, i'm i'm really excited to continue to grow the connections in the industry and then definitely see see the new stuff that's coming out right so there's yeah. there's a the we've set up a couple of meetings with some publishers for some new games. So check back in for the next episode. Cause we'll be, we'll be talking about some of those. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But other than that, um, the one other thing that I wanted to talk about on my table was just like, I've just finished the, uh, my playthrough of the Dunwich legacy for Arkham horror, the card game. And like the first, like the, the, initial campaign which is the one that you and i played through Mm -hmm. uh which is called night of the zealot Mm -hmm. is a fantastic introductory to the game and then dunwich took it to levels i did never i just never expected and i i enjoyed night of the zealot i thought it was a good game and then dunwich was just like oh my gosh like there is so much depth here this Mm. is insane and it it's like one of those like playing the other lcgs i kind of like i probably could have assumed that it was going to be like that yeah but dunwich just kind of blew me away like arkham is such a story-based game mm-hmm. and they just told a phenomenal story throughout the entire time like they wove in decisions that you made like six scenarios ago into what was happening wow. then and it was just like it was so well done and i yeah. just hear that it keeps getting better and so I'm, I'm just really excited i talk about a lot of the lcgs i think i talk about like Marvel and like Lord of the Rings a little bit more so than Arkham. So I just wanted to kind of talk through that. Like I just finished my first like full cycle quote, full cycle of Arkham. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was incredible. So if, if you've ever doubted the plunge into it, I highly recommend doing that. So it's also like one that like we're, we're playing through a Marvel champions 
campaign right now, I think that it would be fun at some point to divert into a Arkham campaign. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I've really missed, um, we were talking about like in the top five board games about Gloomhaven. I just really have missed the legacy style of gaming, right? Um, or, or it doesn't even have to be legacy style, but, you know, um, campaigns, campaign. yeah. you know, campaign style of games. Um, just because personally, it's been a long time. Um, like what I have gotten in the last couple of years has come almost solely out of like the crew. <laughs> That's been yeah. my, yep. my campaign feel. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I would be totally open to it. Arkham is a game that I have played. I think I've played through, through the night of the zealot twice, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I've enjoyed it both times. I, I enjoy the deck building aspect. You know, I enjoy, um, the mechanics in the game. I enjoy the, like feeling of exploring and figuring things out and the problem solving more, you know, so it's not just like, Hey, beat up the bad guy or whatever. Like, you know, it's kind of that extra layer to it. Like I, I love all those things about yeah. it. Um, yeah. but I've only tried not at the zealot. So I think I like the game, but I don't love it. Um, yeah, maybe for that reason. So yeah, I would, I'm in that boat too, where I'm, I'm totally willing to try more of it, but life is busy and campaigns are hard, right? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah. It, and it is one of those that I was in the same boat, right? I liked it. I didn't love it. After Dunwich, I love it. Mm-hmm. It, it It's incredible. So, yeah, maybe maybe we look to divert because the Marvel Champions are playing through Rise of Red Skull right now. And it is technically the campaign. I think that is lacking a lot of the campaign elements that I would like to see and that show up later in, like, Galaxies and mm-hmm. Mad Titan Shadow. Yeah. And the, the new campaign, which is Sinister Motives, which is the Spider-Man campaign, I am, like... I'm straight taking a day off work whenever that comes out. <laughs> like I, I, it looks so good. I yeah. Spider-Man's my favorite hero, so uh, I'm just looking forward to it. But yeah, I, I think like it'd be fun. I know um, our the other player, Amram, who he, I think he's started or maybe starting an Arkham campaign, so he has a little bit of experience with that as well. Mm. So I, I'd be really interested in diverting to that after this Red School campaign finishes yep. up. Did you finish? Um, I know you were reading, um, reading a book that was like no i stopped i couldn't i i couldn't do it i don't remember the name of the book now but dunwich horror dunwich horror that's right yeah yeah so dunwich legacy is actually a sequel to the dunwich horror book written by hp lovecraft uh-huh. 900 years ago um <laughs> <laughs> it is like i say that as a joke but it is at least 70 years after the author's death because Dunwich Horror is in the public domain. Right. And so <laughs> he's old. Um, it was, it's very old writing. I just didn't have the time. I think like whenever I, if I had more time, I, I, w- I would definitely read through it, but I just like, this is a good transition, I guess. Like I just haven't had time to physically read a book. However, I have gotten back into audiobooks, So, mm. Like I, I had a little like break. I, well, I had a little break. I was listening to a lot of podcasts because they yeah. were easy consumable, and like there's just something about it. There's like I finished it, right? Like I, I completed it, and I think that brought me satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And then I, I diverted into you know King Killer and all of that, the things that I had read before. But now I'm back in the swing of things. I guess it's you know it's warming up outside. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> the correlation Spring is the time of change. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but. Yeah, we'll just we'll just divert hard here. Um, so I'm I'm about I actually don't even know the second name of or the second book's name. Like I just straight bought it. I like could not tell you of <laughs> <laughs> of Wheel of Time. Oh yeah, is it Dragon Reborn? That might be no, it's three. not the Great Hunt. The Great Hunt. 
Yep. So I, I finished the Eye of the World, um, and then I'm a, I'm uh, I don't know, probably a little bit over a third of the way through the Great Hunt. Okay. And so so I'm enjoying them. Like I. We, you know, we were talking about on our last episode that I didn't like the narrator. Yeah. And what I realized, <laughs> what I realized is that all the other, the old books that I listened to before, I was listening to on like 1.4 to 1.6 speed, mm-hmm. based on the narrator. And I just never changed that. I was like, this is just really hard to keep up with. <laughs> turns out <laughs> he talks so fast. <laughs> yeah. And like, um, it, it's what's his name, Michael Kramer. Yeah, Michael Kramer is a, is a, he has a really soothing voice, but I think that soothingness, cool, I made up a word, kind of goes away when you when you speed it up, like it gets more like high pitch and jittery, yeah. right? Yeah. And I I think that the magic of his voice kind of goes away at those like one point four x speeds. Mm-hmm. So I I dropped it down, and it, it's significantly better. It's a lot easier to follow. It's a lot more like it's a lot easier to listen to, and yeah. so. Do you uh, recognize finish. him now as like the Mistborn yeah. narrator? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I finished Eye of the World. I thought that was phenomenal. I also finished the TV show, which like we we have talked at this point. Like I don't know what we said on the mic and what we said off the mic, but uh-huh. they they made some they made some choices. We did talk about this on our last episode. They made some choices yep. with that TV show. And when I was, when I said that previously on the episode, I hadn't finished it. And Oh my gosh, did they make some choices? Like, I don't know why they changed some of the things that they did. Yeah. Like maybe it becomes more clear once I'm 12 books in, but like yeah. at this point, I'm just like, that didn't, that didn't seem like a necessary change. And it feels like it detracted from the story rather than added to it. And so yeah. there, there are a couple of things. So, it's kind of interesting, right? I like the TV show a lot more before I finish the book. Mm. Oh, that's right? interesting. And, and I think that's like, I've heard things from people that say they really like the show. And then the hardcore fans that have read the book say that they typically don't like the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm kind of a book purist, right? If, if a story is being told to me, I'm going to probably divert to the book to take that as the truth and like, say, Hey, this is the real story. Right. But like, I thought the show was like, I mean, like, the CGI and everything was whatever, but like I thought the story was interesting. It was cool, but like the book just seemed like it told it so much better, yeah. and it was more interesting and more like kind of deep than the show was. And so, like looking back at it, it was like okay, well that was like it, I don't know. It, like I've, I haven't had that like situation happen to me before where I've kind of like oh I like the show and then I read the book and I was like hmm. Maybe I didn't like that show. Yeah. So uh, that, that was just kind of a different emotion for me. So, yeah. yeah. We've also talked about like off the mic. I think that the last episode is fairly poor. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. It that was very sad. Yeah. Besides, you know, besides the decisions that they made from a storyline perspective and just the production quality, the writing of the episode, the, even the acting, it just, it just didn't the really speed. come together. Um, yeah. It did not feel like a climax. It didn't feel like, it didn't even get this feeling of like, oh, there's more to come, right? It should. It's the end of the first season of, I don't know, fourteen. There's fourteen books. They're gonna do fourteen seasons. I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> it's. But it should lead. It should be. Think of you know. Again, I'm always gonna say it, but like end of season one of Game of Thrones. You're like, I need season two, right? Like, yeah, I'm, right. I'm into the story. I want to. I know what, like some direction where it's gonna go. I want to like know what happens. And I just I didn't walk out of Wheel of Time final episode season one feeling that way. Um, yeah, I did just a quick yeah. search because I was curious, and 
Um, most of the episodes are in like the like high sevens on IMDb. Um, there's okay. one or two that break eight. Um, and the last one is 6.2. So it seems like generally yeah. the yeah. community kind of agrees with us that it just felt weak for some reason. Um, and it was just disappointing, right? It's the last episode you want it to be like super powerful and it, and it just felt like it didn't quite get there. So I hope, I really hope that they change their strategy. They're going to get some feedback now, right? Like by the time they're airing season yeah. one, it's all been filmed. Like it's right. They know, can't it, divert. At they that can't point. divert. They got to just put out what they have, but I know that they are filming or they were filming recently season two. And so I feel like they didn't cancel it. So yeah, they did not cancel it. Like this is, <laughs> yeah, this is their big thing. Like they're going to keep trying to invest in it. Right. Right. Um, I hope that they have enough time to take in notes and feedback and, um, and incorporate it. Cause it, it has such a potential to be great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. There's a, there's a little bit of content to draw from. So, right. <laughs> yeah. For me, I'm mm. in, I've just started book four. Um, okay. I haven't gotten very far yet. I'm only a chapter or two in. Okay. So cool. far. So nice. How did you like book three? I've heard you were saying book four is like one of the better ones, right? Just from what I've heard, I, I've but, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, right, but right. I've also heard you know this that it, it it's it's good. It hits a lull in the middle, um, and then it like starts to pick up a little bit, um, and then it di- and he dies, and and then Sanderson like oh. <laughs> finishes it out, right? And I've heard mixed reviews of that, mostly adequate kind of reviews. Yeah, but again, I haven't read them, so you know, do your own research. But I've heard good things about three and four. Um, I did end up liking three. There were some frustrations that I had with three, um, which would be difficult to talk about without like giving story away. Yeah. Um, but one of the big ones is that it felt a little, the storyline felt a little bit copy paste from book two. Like it felt very similar, like some very similar things were happening. And I didn't understand why that was being done. Um, and so I just like struggled with that a little bit. And it was one of the reasons I put off reading book four um, is because I was like, well, gotcha. I don't want to just like book two and three storyline again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Off the bat, it feels like it's not going to go that way. Um, okay. Good. Just, you know, some immediate character, like introductions of characters and perspectives from certain characters. Like, okay, I feel like this is going to be a little bit different. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I do want to, I do definitely want to continue reading it. I just haven't gotten very far yet. Yeah. I am in the final chapter of Royal Assassin, um, which is book two of the Farseer trilogy. Um, There's one that I had talked about where um, the main character was not named at the beginning of the book and I have the first book and I was really struggling with getting into it. Um, but really enjoyed it by the end of the first book. I would say I've I've pretty thoroughly enjoyed the second book. Like I've I've kind of okay, you were talking good. about in the in the last episode about being excited to to wake up and read. And I, I read before bed, and I've been excited to kind of like go to bed and read. You know, <laughs> like yeah, get, yeah. get my couple my half chapter in or whatever. I learned recently this is an a bit of an older book than I think I thought it was. It's it was written in ninety six. Um, oh wow! Okay. So it's not like new yeah. fantasy, quote unquote. Right. Um, but but it's still modern. It's not like old. But yeah, I've just, I've, I've felt that the second book was really strong and, you know, a lot of trilogies, we see a little bit of a dip, right? Um, a little bit of like lull and yeah. action, um, before it kind of gets like to the, the two towers, like, God, come on. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Battle of Helm's Deep. Please get me through this. Jeez. No, we love book two. <laughs> but even but there, no, it's like, yeah, it's still, yeah. I think it's still very strong, but also maybe the weakest. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't think so? Yeah, well, we can have words later. Okay, um, all right. <laughs> all right. Teach their own. But book two, the, I will say of Two Towers is the one that's like has the most action in it because it doesn't yeah. have the first half of the Fellowship and it doesn't have the last half of Return of the King. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Movies, that's a different story. But yeah, books. Yeah. Yeah. But in the books, the whole story actually takes place 
between the second half of the first book and the first half of the third book. <laughs> yeah, they, they, <laughs> the movie e- content. Yeah, each Lord of the Rings book is broken up into two books, and they basically cut out two books. Yeah, yeah, which so. is basically one in six. But yep. <laughs> anyway, I think what's helping is like, I don't think in this book that there is, um, I don't think that there's a clear, there are clearly bad people, but you don't clearly know what the climax is going to be. So like compared to compared to Lord of the Rings, like, you know, in book three, like there's got to be some, some something's got to happen with Sauron, right? Like you, you kind of like right. know yeah. that at the start of like, he's the obvious bad guy. Like the bad guy has to fall at the end of the story. And, and this one doesn't necessarily feel that way. Like there are, like I said, there are bad guys, but it's not clear like what the main, the position that the main character is going to be in at the end of the story. And because of that, I think book two is, is allowed to kind of continue to build and show what the end of the, the series might look like. And so it's keeping, I think, my interest really thoroughly like through the second okay. book. Yeah. So I've just found that interesting. I wanted to share that as like a yeah. an interesting aspect of this trilogy that That's I think cool. is a yeah. little bit rare in trilogies as a whole. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. I would say so far nice. I like it better than the first book. Nice. Okay. Well, that's, well, that's good. Now now that you've connected with the character. That definitely helps. Yeah. yeah. So you, you did, or we were mentioning Brandon Sanderson mm-hmm. finishing out Wheel of Time. I think we would be remiss in our podcasting duties as book people if mm. we did not talk about the, at this time of this release, ending, ended Kickstarter campaign that Brandon Sanderson put out. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, dude. Like, I am so pumped. So Sanderson, if you haven't heard, has announced four secret novels that he has been working on because dude just doesn't stop, apparently. Yeah. Um, but like Can't if you if you stop. haven't seen the the Kickstarter video, go watch it because it's hilarious. But he's kinda you know, he's sitting there, he's talking, he's like, you know, you know, throughout the pandemic, you know, we all had hard times, et cetera, et cetera. And then he's like, but in the time that I spent not traveling, I ended up writing a book and like pulls out like the manuscript of a book. And then he's like, yep. And then, you know, it was for my wife. And then I decided to write another one and pulls out a second book. And then like it keeps going. And he has, he wrote four new books mm-hmm. that he is publishing. And so this is currently slash was on Kickstarter based on the time that you're listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. But there, there are four new books, and three of them are in the Cosmere. And I mm-hmm. think actually there's a fifth book that's a graphic novel, but it's not necessarily part of the Kickstarter. Yeah. But, I mean, it's insane. Like, it, he broke the Frosthaven funding level in, I think, under 24 hours. Yeah. It right? was crazy. Like, I mean, you could pull it up, and it was just skyrocketing, you know? It, it, yeah. So, Frosthaven, I think, was around $17 million. I'm looking at the the page right now with 20 days to go. It's at $27 million. Yeah. Right? And what, what I'm really excited about, right, is that when authors kind of become famous, they need to fulfill their contract for publishers. And this mm-hmm. is not necessarily that, right? These are, quote, self-published. I don't know if that's the correct term here, right? They're kickstarted. Right. But... He he wrote them without a contractual contractual obligation to write them, mm-hmm. and I think you know he kind of talked about it in the video, right? He's like, I wanted to write these, like they these right. seemed fun. They're different, right? And so I am super excited. Brandon Sanderson, if it's not super obvious, is my favorite author, um, <laughs> and and so we're getting four new books in 2023. They're releasing them one a quarter, and so. I signed up. We're getting my wife is also a huge Brandon Sanderson fan, so we're we're signing up. We're getting the hardcovers as well as the audiobooks. And oh, so that's awesome. I I I'm super excited for them. I like there there's like these uh 
um, gift boxes that they send out monthly if you want to pledge higher. And I'm like toying with the idea of, you know, jumping mm. to that and like getting the monthly gift boxes because, you know, there's a Hoyd gift box. There's a Stormlight gift box. There's a, and I'm just like, I want those. Like, yeah. I want I want those so badly. Yeah. But, hmm. But I, I just like, I'm, I'm super impressed. Good, good for Sanderson. I mean, it's an incredible achievement. He has over a hundred thousand backers. Yeah. Mate, he's making a lot of money from it. Like, which, which is awesome, right? Like, I, yeah. I love to see authors succeed, um, and and get more of the Cosmere that we like, and then one that's not of the Cosmere. And I, I'm almost more interested in that one. Like, what did he want to write that wasn't a part of the Cosmere? Right. I, I mean, he has other series that we've read, right? They, yeah. Typically right. YA, Steelheart. it seems like. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Steelheart, the um, the one about the girl and the fighter jet. The stars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> both of which are good. I, I like the Steelheart better, but. Um, yes. Me but too. Both of which are good. Um, he also did mention that one of the three Cosmere books will be about a character that we know, but has not gotten their own story yet. And so that has been fun to speculate about, right? The obvious okay. choice, I, I think, I is Hoyt. That right yeah Hoyt yeah i mean that may, yeah that slash the beggar in the streets in mistborn yeah. um but, <laughs> oh that that is interesting i i have yeah. not been able to be a part of that speculation yet mm-hmm. i think because there is a hoyt box that makes a lot of sense right however i kind of hope it's not hoyt yeah I right know. i like hoyt as a character because he's this like world hopper he's in all of the stories and he's fun because he's mysterious yeah and I wonder if he said it that way because he wants people to think that it will be Hoyd, but it's not. Good. You know? Yes. Like, good. Because I think it does kind of, I think, like I said, it's the obvious choice. Like when I yeah. think of like, oh, who's a character that I know that doesn't have their own story. It's like, he just kind of comes to mind for me. Right. Um, and also if it was Hoyd, I feel like he would have written it with the intent of being published. And mm-hmm. I didn't get the feeling from at least the videos that these were those, these were kind of a pet project. He said, I wrote these for my wife basically. Yeah. And, and so like, if he was going to put the time and effort into writing a story about Hoyd, I, I don't necessarily know if it would have been one of these like true pandemic projects. True. So, but I also don't think that they are, well, they are not like novella length, right? Like they are full no, length oh, no. novels. They're, they're full length novels. Yeah. You know, so it's not like this is just some little side story of a side character. Like, and I do, I do wonder how he incorporated that. Like, um, will it be sort of Ender's Shadow like, where it oh, isn't covering yes. new events, but it's covering events that you know from another character's perspective? Maybe Give he hasn't really done that, that before. But Give me all of that. Yeah, I know we would love that, but <laughs> um, but I don't think he's really oh. done that before too much. You know, he's kind of stuck to most of the time when a story is being told is progressing the Cosmere overarching storyline. But I think it's interesting too. Like, how how does that happen if it's not part of the master plan? You know, if this is right. a surprise yeah. book, how do how do those two things meet? So. I I'm really hoping for a Knight's Radiance Heyday book. Right, mm. we we talked about how. Yeah, we've talked about how we want like the the two hundred years before Phantom Menace, like High Republic, like mm-hmm. let's they're nine hundred Jedi and we're kinda of getting that with the High Republic series. But yeah. like I think that'd be awesome with the and not spoiling too much, like with, with the Knights Radiance and at their peak. Yeah. Like, like what what kind of what kind of book would that look like? Like I would be all into that. Yeah. I'd be super excited about that. Yeah. And that's a good point. Yeah. Like they could definitely be things that because the way he phrased that makes me think that there are two books that are not a named character currently, right? Right, um, yeah. Although yeah. I think he said at least one, so he left some room there. <laughs> um, so it could be more than one that are named right. characters already, but um, definitely possible that these are stories from 
the planets at a different time or something like that or a different yeah. part of the yeah. planet you know yeah um, because that could happen too, right? Like we we hear um, we hear very specific portions of oh shoot, what's the name of the Mistborn planet? Do you remember? You'd be like top tier Cosmere nerd if you can just like name it off the top of your head. <laughs> um, but when I say it, I think you're gonna know it. Oh, let's see, because I'm gonna look it up. Kelsier. <laughs> Kelsier is a character from the book Scadrial. No, it. no. You, <laughs> didn't know it. that's fine that's fine they mention it sometimes and you know whatever yeah anyways scadrial takes place the story misborn takes place on a fairly local portion of that planet um yeah like of yeah. that continent and there's nothing to say that there aren't other people's living in other parts of the planet or something like that right like that could be interesting too like how does the misborn as an example magic system work on another part of the planet um, just like, yeah. how was that? How did that evolve into a different culture, for instance? Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, that could be fun. If I had to guess of the four, one of them's not in the Cosmere. I would guess two of the three would probably be Stormlight adjacent and Mistborn adjacent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. Only because the other two series aren't as successful. Um, yeah. And and they're fun. Warbreaker and uh, Elantris. But they're early and they're fine. Um, and anything we're, that's on another planet in the Cosmere that hasn't been explored yet was already part of the plan, right? So that feels like it's out. Yeah. Like you wouldn't introduce yeah. a new magic system or planet or whatever in this way, it seems like. It's Sanderson. He may. He may. He might. Do it. I don't know. <laughs> he might. But yeah. But I feel we're like supposed to, I don't know, I lean we're away. supposed to get Warbreaker 2 here at some point. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's good, good for him, right? Like, you know, just sitting here at the at the computer as we're talking like it's already gone up like hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah just in in the pledge just like it doesn't stop ticking right um so it's really exciting to see how many people are you know involved in this awesome mm-hmm. world definitely story. and i like I've, i'm excited for it as a as a model right like he's proven that this yeah. can be successful um for other authors and so it's not gonna be successful for everybody right because producing a book is a lot of money and it's a lot of like know-how yeah. that's the other thing about sanderson like he's kind of built a company around his his work and and so he's kind of able to do that like the reason people go to like producers though and, and so somebody prints their book for them right like yeah yeah you know, they don't necessarily not everybody wants to go through that process by themselves but he's proven with pre- crowdsourcing and this is i think he said his second campaign they, he did another campaign like two years ago or something um, so it's already been kind of proven, but this one is like so hyper successful that I, I hope it kind of becomes a model um, and, and just kind of opens that door for authors um, to, first of all, just collect more of their own money, you know, like yeah. capitalism yeah. always want to see that happen, Good team. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also just to equip people to, I think there are a lot of authors who financially aren't successful, right? They almost like do it as a hobby and they produce a book and it does okay, but it doesn't necessarily become their career, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully this equips yeah. more people to do that. that that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. <sighs> I'm so pumped. I'm so ready for Q1 of 23. Yeah. That yeah, is true. If you want to back it, that's a good thing to note is that they release in 23. Yes. Yes. So they, they release and it's um one book per quarter if you're if you're backing yep. the program. So Or if you do the 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 subscription box it's once a month. Yeah. So you get satisfied more often. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if that is of oh, interest. <laughs> yeah. It's like so. I upped like I just bought the audiobooks at first and then I upped to the hardcover. And so maybe I'll up 
to the subscription boxes because it's just a small increment. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Every time, instead of no like you know, know going all in, then it's just you know I'm just increasing it by two hundred dollars. Right. You're investing, right? I'm investing. Yes. 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 Stocks. <laughs> <laughs> Stocks. Oh, oh, man. man, you're gonna bring me back to board games, and we're gonna start talking about start talking about stock games. <laughs> oh no oh no well all right let's wrap it up before we do that all right yeah well i mean it, yeah i love these fireside episodes it was great talking with you yeah uh i'm really excited to play some games and read some books so i, I i'm looking forward to the future of what we get to talk about on these but definitely yeah if forward uh to what if, holds. yeah so if uh if you if you haven't um, followed us yet, go ahead and follow us on Instagram or go and join our Discord. So if you want to play Through the Ages with Dalton and, you know, he thinks that he can't be beat. So if you <laughs> think that you can, go ahead and join and join the join the game because Please don't prove him wrong. Me. Like I, I, I love I love to see him prove proven wrong because honestly, he's getting a little arrogant. So oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Take me down a peg. Take, you know, everyone needs it. Everyone. If needs I need to be it, taken down so. a peg, I'll just go play the easy AI and let it beat me. <laughs> <laughs> that that one hit a little bit close to me. Um, <laughs> I still need to learn the rules every time I log on. But so <laughs> there's a lot of them. Yeah, but we'll we'll go ahead and wrap this up so that I can take my next turn in Gaia project before it <laughs> completely destroys me and or destroys my iPad because I'd never take a turn within the allotted time. So, <laughs> so I apologize. I, I want you to take a turn so we can start another game so you can actually like yes. choose your faction. Yeah, like I timed out on the faction pick and then <laughs> and it, it chose, picked like, a the faction worst for me. And I'm like, I one, I don't want to play this and two, like, the planets that I can terraform are at the edges of the universe. Like there is nothing I can do here. Like, like it's I have like, like chose six bad victory for you points intentionally. Like it, it's yeah, like it I, wanted to punish you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have six victory points and you start with 10, right? Like, right. so <laughs> that's where I'm at in the game. Yeah. But, but anyways, yeah. I mean, it was great talking with you. We'll talk with you here soon. Is. And, uh, yeah, reach out Until to us. Time. We love talking with you and we'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.